Welcome to Track Talk, a podcast dedicated to real talk for real educators. I'm Kay. And I'm Steph. Welcome back to another episode. Um, we're going to start this episode with just some housekeeping, some updates, and some hot topics that have occurred in the oh, last couple of weeks around the education world. And the first one is kind of a celebration, really. Um, it's official. Dr. Miguel Cardona was approved as the Secretary of Education. So we have a person with some public school experience back in the White House leading that charge, which I'm super excited about. Mm-hmm. And I know he's in the process right now of kind of outlining his plan to get all students um, back in schools as soon as possible in a very safe manner, safe for students, safe for families, safe for teachers. So that's kind of the charge at hand right now. I'm sure there's other things on his plate, but that's the one that they're <laughs> talking about um, most readily. So welcome to him. And we're excited to have him kind of leading our leading our way. I'm super excited to see what he what he roll what he and his administration roll out. I think that would be very interesting. Uh, also, another celebration as well as a hot topic um, in the state of in our state in the state of Wisconsin, uh, vaccinations rolled out as of the first of March. In uh, checking some of the national uh, databases, we noticed that some other states are opening them up around mid March. So I think you know this kind of leads into opening up the school buildings as soon as possible, getting the students in there. Um, One thing that I did notice though, you know, just watching some of the news and our social media and things like that, it it once again brings up those access and availability barriers as if we hadn't been exposed to enough uh, barriers (laughs) through COVID. But this one is another one, not everyone not all vaccination sites are created equal, I guess. And uh, I, I really, really hope that this leads to uh, some more of a return to normalcy. I don't, never say back to normal because let's not go back, let's go forward, but a, but a return to normalcy for our schools, our staff, our families who've been so you know, dedicated to their kids' education. And then most of all those, those students for sure. Yes, it's, it's exciting to kind of see people who've chosen to get their, you know, they're posting their vaccination little stickers, or I know some school districts are kind of doing it as a district and holding some mm-hmm. clinics. So helping out people get those, those shots in a, again, safe way that will allow us to, like you said, have, I don't know, for me, it, it's a little bit of semblance of hope. Um, you know, there's hopefully there's light at the end of this tunnel, those types of things. And one of those things that I don't know, personally made me feel a little bit better. I can't speak for everybody, but made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. I got my notice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Uh, so the next one's not as exciting, (laughs) (laughs) but it is hot. (laughs) It is a hot topic. Um, so we were, states were notified, I believe at the very beginning of last week, it's been recently that there would be no waivers for standardized state standardized testing this year that we as states are expected to follow through on um, those requirements, the federal requirements to assess students. Mm-hmm. So they, the language is a little open. Um, it leaves states up for some version that might look a little different this year than it has in the past. They weren't specific about how that could look different. Right. Um, you know, I was reading something on Twitter earlier today that just kind of talked about some people are, some people being, um, anti-testers, I would call them, or anti-standardized tests, I should say, are kind of, you know, encouraging parents to opt out of this, these assessments. 
Um, some districts are hoping they can use their own internal assessments rather than a statewide um, mandated kind of, you know, bulk assessment that's written by a company. So lots of people kind of thinking about this in different ways. There are states, however, and I don't remember which one, so I'm not even going to try to point them out, right. um, that we're, kind of, we're already planning on doing state assessments because they really want to see how this year of learning, because learning still has occurred, to be clear, right. Right. Um, has a, how the learning in a different modality has really affected students. And so, um, you know, obviously providing us giving assessments is one way to monitor that. We all know there's other ways to monitor that as well. So right. not great news. Um, I mean, I should say again, personally, not great news. It just adds a dimension to schools who are not in person yet. It does allow it to people to give them online. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that go along with that too, when students aren't mm -hmm. in front of us, but yeah. So that's, that's the expectation for the year. Yeah. My big, my biggest thing with about the testing and the waivers is what type of data are we going to get? And then what are we going to do with it? It's, you know, and what is it going to say? Is it going to exemplify or not exemplify, but exacerbate this, this, uh, some belief that we've had a learning slide this year, or is it going to prove otherwise. I'm not sure what, what is the data going to be used for? Um, that's kind of where, where I'm thinking on this one. Yeah. And I would have that question all the time, to be honest, like, what are we using? You know, what, what are we using this data for? And this year I, you know, I've, I'm sure there's been conversations around, you know, budgets and money and how money is allocated okay. and does that align with it. They did say the assessment data would not affect any sort of state, you know, some states rank their schools with a grade. Some schools, right. like in Wisconsin, we give colors. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not going to affect that um, this year. But so the data, I think, I'm sure they're hoping that we'll use the data as a, you know, did, did we lose ground because of some of this virtual learning, some of this interrupted learning, um, mm -hmm. especially last spring? Or did we maintain and what is, you know, like you just said, what is that telling us about how and where we teach students mm -hmm. and what we can do to move forward too. You know, we, we instruct our, our teacher learners that, you know, use that formative assessment, use that data when you're checking for your students understanding to somehow impact and affect your instruction. Well, what are we going to do as a school district, as a region, as a state, as a nation where where do where do we go with the data i hope we can glean something from that in a positive light to help steer us forward for sure agreed you bet well as if we didn't get hot enough with our topics i'm gonna throw a doozy out there because i have an affinity for for all things library media and digital literacy etc cetera, etc cetera. how about this dr seuss business stuff Whew. We yeah, that I, was, <laughs> I was made aware of this via a Twitter uh, message, or not message, but Twitter tweet, I guess I would call it a tweet, um, that said, oh, we're canceling Dr. Seuss now. And I was like, what is going on? I, <laughs> I was unaware of the situation. So, right. Well, this, yeah. this week, you know, um, a lot of schools, and especially in elementary schools, celebrate Read Across America. And then as part of that, you know, celebration, 
it just so happens that Dr. Seuss's birthday falls that first week of March. And so in the past, we have had, and in the present, I will say, because many of our schools are continuing to celebrate that through Read, Read Across America. Uh, this week, uh, think, talking about timing, wow, uh, Dr. Seuss's trust, his, his foundation, so to speak, has made the decision not to publish six of his titles uh, due to racist um, and insensitive imagery. So um, you don't need to look too far to find, if you're wondering, gosh, what are the titles? Are they titles I love and adore? Uh, you don't have to look too far to find that. Just check it out on the Google and it, you'll find <laughs> you'll find an article uh, about it. But um, not to go too far into the weeds on opinion, but this has been something that has come up in conversation with some of our local libraries, our regional libraries, school libraries. And we're having a discussion of what to make of no longer publishing these six titles. So every school is different. Every, every school has a different culture and every um, region of the state and region of the United States is different. So I do think it's going to um, vary. And I personally, I think it can lead to some very much needed conversations and teaching with kids. Yeah, I think you nailed, I mean, you kind of nailed it with that last piece. We can agree or disagree with the trust's decision. Um, we can believe there are racist imagery or not believe there's racist imagery in his books. Um, you know, whatever, whatever our opinion might be, but how are we going to use this? Plus maybe other ones that come to be, maybe not Dr. Seuss books, but other books that come to be um, in teach about maybe, you know, if you decide to pull it from the library, why, you know, why was it okay five years ago? And maybe not, maybe not okay. Why was it accepted for whatever reason five years ago, but now it, it's different? Or why was this imagery created in the seventies when mm -hmm. he was um, drawing and writing versus, you know, now it's, it seems insensitive. It is insensitive. Um, so just those conversations with students and um, I, you know, I will say when I saw the list of six, there were only two I recognized and I was not a huge Dr. Seuss kid. Um, I didn't really, I mean, I, I was aware of who he was. I, you know, green, everybody's heard of certain ones, uh, you know, green eggs and ham and one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't an avid reader of Dr. Seuss. So I guess this probably doesn't affect me as much as maybe others. I think though, to myself, like if it were a different author or a different book or person or something that I was, you know, really into, how would I feel? And I don't think mm -hmm. it's about how I feel as a privileged white person, um, you know, because obviously right. I don't have that, that, um, I don't have that lens. I don't have that lens. So right. absolutely. Yeah, I think it, it can lead to further discussion and hopefully some positive and, and constructive discourse moving forward so that we can, um, do what we need to do with it there. I'm going to leave that wide open, but yeah. Yep. And we aren't canceling Dr. Seuss. No, 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 not, not absolutely not. Not canceling Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Man. So we have done some pretty serious topics for the last, <laughs> um, you know, like talking about mental health of both teachers and students. Yes. And this is actually another kind of hot topic, but it's a little more, a little less, I don't know, detrimental to, to right. everything. Although it could probably affect our mental health to some degree. 
as we think about it. So we realize as we, we do this one, not every place has snow days, either ever or very often. We also realize though, that recent weather proves anything can really happen. <laughs> yes. So, so maybe just because you've never had a snow day before, doesn't mean you won't in the future or a cold day or an ice day or whatever inclement weather day. Yes. Um, but those of us who live in cold snowy places, we all have the experience <laughs> of watching fall, snow fall at night and waiting to be woken up in the morning by whomever to say, you have a snow day, um, and then <laughs> running out in our snow suits and sledding down hills. Um, or I, my favorite was sitting in school and watching the snow fall and waiting for that little ding that said we were getting out of school early. <laughs> Um, that was always pretty exciting too. So, and when you're a student and I would even argue a teacher, there's nothing mm. better in the snow day. And I think our, our, our guest tonight even mentions that there's just something about having those snow days. <laughs> yes. um, the only issue is sometimes we have so many that we're stuck in school till the middle of the summer. So, um, I know that's happened a few times in places that I've lived because it's been cold. So today we're just going to really have a conversation about snow days. Are snow days over? Has the excitement of waiting for your district to scroll across the bottom of a new screen a distant memory? Has technology and maybe this pandemic changed the way we view snow days? To help us answer some of these questions, we have Dr. Brad Buck, who is the superintendent of Waukee Community Schools here, to talk us through some of the aspects that led his district to make their snow day decisions. Welcome, Brad, and thanks for coming today. Hey, you bet. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks for being here, Brad. I'm going to hit you with the first question. How is your district handling snow, cold, or ice days? Ah. You know, that <laughs> I, I have had an incredible number of hours of my life consumed in conversations <laughs> about how those days should go. So, uh, so this year, of course, pandemic hits. We go to a fully one-to-one -one district with Canvas as our base, the whole deal, all in the span of about I don't know, three or four months. So our, our poor staff, limited training, uh, machines in the hands of kids. And so as that all unfolds, we start to talk about, so what are we gonna do for inclement weather? Like, what are those days gonna look like? Cause now we have, of course, K-12 technology in the hands of students. So right. um, I'm trying to remember, I'm actually trying to remember the order that this happened in. I think initially <laughs> we decided we were gonna still do a snow day if a snow day hit. So traditional snow day, kids uh, love life, put on your mittens, you know, have some hot cocoa, <laughs> staff get to sleep in. That, can we just be honest? There is nothing likely more pure than the joy of a cold <laughs> snow day. Like we, can, we, can we just all own it for just, just a second? I'll yeah. own it. Absolutely. Agreed. <laughs> so originally we were doing, we were, I think the original was we were going to have a snow days because we weren't quite sure like how it was going to work out. Would the kids have their technology at home? Because we don't send the iPads home with the younger kids. The older kids, of course, have their MacBooks. So then uh, it started to unfold. <clears throat> and then we had one where the you know, Snowmageddon was coming and they're predicting it like the Friday before and Monday is just going to be, you know, you know, 100 feet of snow and all that. So that one we started thinking, well, we actually have enough information right now. We could make sure the kids have these items at home. They'll be available to use them. We had already done work on making sure the kids that needed it had like um, uh, internet access at home, but then we started to dig through some of the other things like, do all of our staff have internet at home? And, and uh, I can't remember all the questions, but it, it, it's like so many things in life. 
there's like yeah. this one seemingly immediate obvious answer and unfortunately <laughs> it's almost always wrong so um <laughs> So then we went that route. So then we did have like this crazy snow day and it was a snow day and joy was heard throughout the land. So <laughs> we had a snow day. But then we talked about it some more and we thought, especially, uh, then we had some extremely cold days coming up. Oh yeah. yeah. And so we're thinking, okay, on an extremely cold day, we could certainly have the technology. People, the adults could drive to somewhere to get internet if they didn't otherwise have internet. But we've already told our families, I think at that point we had told our families we were, um, going to have fully online days. And then we said, ah, no, we're going to have snow days. And so we didn't have the heart to go back to our community again and say, you know, now we've done this for another, I don't know, two months. I think we could actually do an online day. So, so we didn't. So we did, <laughs> we did a snow day on a cold day, even though we really probably could have had uh, an online day. So that's sure. super long answer to it has been a roller coaster ride, all of which has resulted in having uh, inclement weather days with people at home. So that, and I don't think you're alone in that. It just sounds, you know, it's all over the place. And, and like you said, there always seems to be one perfect answer, but it never ends up being the perfect yeah. answer. So yeah. uh, what, what uh, other, other districts doing? Like, we know that this is what's happening in Waukee. What, what were you hearing as far as your neighboring districts, uh, yeah, trend, so trends that you saw? Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. No worries. Okay. Uh, yeah, so what we saw is lots of people chose to do them as inclement weather days. So they just called a snow day and their families responded in that way. Um, we do have a few of our local districts that are doing it as uh, online days. Okay. And so um, I, will, I will tell you, there was a day or two in there where I was really wishing we had gone the... Uh, fully online day route, especially on the cold days, because the kids aren't going to be outside. It, the allure of that day doesn't have, to me, the same feel <laughs> of the day where, you know, the snow is coming down and the sleds are out and sort of all of that. So, uh, so I, I would say a few did that, but the majority actually so-called snow days. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I would say that's kind of consistent. We're pretty rural, rural ooh, where we are. So we have I, I would, there are some who are doing some virtual um, and then some, or there's a mixture too, like, oh, we'll do two snow days, traditional snow days. And then if we have any more than that, we'll have to go to, so they don't have to go to school until middle oh. of June. Right. Type thing. For sure. Oh, it's my turn. Sorry. You're looking at me. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, you talked a little bit about this. So factors that led to your decision, um, other options that you considered, obviously you considered some virtual. So just talk a little bit about those final factors that led to that kind of final decision that you changed about three times. Yeah. Yeah. So the, <laughs> I would say that this is what's, this is what you love about how life works out. Sometimes right. I would say the final, final decision was because we didn't have the heart to go back to our families and say, and staff and say one more time, yeah, you know, we've thought about this two or three different ways. And now this is the new solution we've come up with. <laughs> so that, that actually probably was what decided it. So yeah, it was really about uh, internet access for staff and kids at home. Uh, making sure that all the students had their technology if we were really going to have that day um, so they would be well equipped to do it. Uh, one of the other advantages that we saw is there was a couple days, especially on those really cold days, we were kind of on the borderline if we were going to do a, a late start or just do the whole day. Mm -hmm. And we may have just gone ahead and done the whole day 
uh, had we had uh, a fully online option. Sure. So, uh, so it's a little bit of a balancing act. I think while the weather is nice in the coming months, we will probably kick this around some more and try to put something together for our families that says, yes, we will still have a snow day if it's, you know, snowmageddon. But <laughs> if there are some days where a totally online um, option makes sense and we can make sure kids have the technology they need in their hands ready to go, um, we will probably do a mixture of both next year, I'm guessing. Sure. Um, but that's a conversation that we'll have, I'm sure, again, in the coming months. So, Well, and I'm sure that you'll have, you know, um, <laughs> a lot of willing participants share their feedback. What yes. types of feedback have you received during, during this time of decision making? And uh, mostly I'm interested, in, you know, what, what does your community uh, have to say? What do, your, what do your teachers have to say, your parents and your teachers? Yeah, so uh, here's, I probably need to go back a clip. Our our community has been incredibly generous around this whole thing, like starting Wonderful. with COVID and masks and just people have been uh, overwhelmingly kind and sort of platoon minded, like we're going to just, you know, make this work. So mm -hmm. uh, even on the inclement weather days, I may get uh, less than a handful of emails either direction, depending on if, if I should have made the call, because there was one day this year that was dicey enough. Uh, we did a delay, I believe, but it could have been a cancellation. Um, but yeah, I have gotten very limited feedback either direction uh, this year. And, um, and some of that I speak, it speaks really well about our staff and our community. Uh, I also think it's sort of around the whole COVID idea that there's a lot of things to worry about and maybe this isn't the biggest worry for today, <laughs> as long sure. as everybody's safe. You know, the once everybody, the safe part is taken care of, then, you know, it's mostly about convenience or inconvenience and those kind of things, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, just, yeah, that, it, it really varies, you know, and I'm not, not totally familiar with Waukee, but, it's, it's wonderful to have that community support and kind of we're all in this together platoon. I love that pl platoon thinking. We'll yeah. get through this. And, and you've great... had a pretty uh, supportive community just, I mean, in general, they're pretty supportive about most things. I mean, oh, heavens, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, for the people who don't know Waukee, I mean, we do have some people who listen in Iowa who know where Waukee is, but it's, it's a growing community, pretty quickly grow, very quickly growing community. Yeah. Um, what, how many elementaries now, Brad? So we're, we're working on elementary number 10. We grow about 450 to 500 students a year. Wow. So that's very quickly. And they are, um, a, you would consider yourself a suburb of the Des Moines Metro, correct? Yep. Yeah, okay. Western suburb. Yep. 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 So um, used to be farmland. Now it's houses <laughs> and schools yeah. and, and, and malls. So, well, and one of the things that's really crazy to me is the city of Waukee itself. So we're the intersection of four communities, all of which are growing. So we actually have Urbandale, Clive, West Des Moines, and Waukee all in our district. And it's the oh. growing portions of all of them. And, um, the city of Waukee itself sent a, set a record for uh, housing permits in this last year in the midst of COVID. So wow. it, it, uh, the COVID we thought might slow things down, but um, they had a record year for permits. So, wow. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great, amazing, fun place. So like it does kind of speak to, you know, because the changes and the growth and the progression of the community itself, 
for me, you know, being a complete outsider seems that there would be a mindset of progress and working together and moving things forward. So maybe like, Hey, let's brainstorm, let's figure out, you know, what might be best for our, for our students and, and make it happen. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing being someone way not from Waukee yeah, or Iowa. One of the things we started doing, um, this year is, uh, and honestly, the, the COVID has helped us um, because we've transitioned to the use of these types of tools, Zoom and other tools. Mm-hmm. So we have had some community town halls where we've sought feedback from our community ahead of time and then aggregated those comments. And so we would just answer questions from aggregated questions and comments and then had like kind of an open live mic portion via chat. And uh, we've had a variety of those on a variety of topics this year. And I think that has also helped that mindset because I think people really do feel like there's a conduit. And I, I just look on it and I kind of laugh because <laughs> if anybody would have told me a year ago that we would have 900 people on a community town hall that we would be facilitating. And, and first of all, I'd have said, there's no way 900 people get on a call. There's no way I will never know how to do that, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> there are these like crazy quirky things that have happened with COVID that um, in the midst of all the struggle and battle of it, some good things have come out of it too. So, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, inclement weather days and hours of your life talking about if we're going <laughs> to enjoy hot chocolate on a, on a Friday or not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Uh, so speaking of COVID, you know, you'd end all the hours you talked about this. Um, would you have had this conversation? I mean, I would assume before you did purely traditional snow days. Right, right. Yep. Would this conversation have occurred if COVID hadn't happened? Was this something you guys were considering anyways, moving to more virtual options during inclement weather or what, what precipitated basically the change? Yeah. So one of the things we smile about, so our associate superintendents, their goal as we were, uh, when I worked with them on the spring for their goal, they were going to look at more technology options and more um, access to course options uh, we were not a one-to-one school. We did not have a, a, a product like Canvas or the like that could act as your student management system. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any of those pieces. And so the next year, what would have been this this school year would have been investigation of that. We were hoping to do some type of one-to-one, likely the older kids by this coming fall, and then all students perhaps by the following fall. <laughs> 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 they rocked their goals. Because, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, because we were on like a two and a half year time horizon and four months later, they had it all implemented <laughs> up and running. So nice job, guys. But uh, also our, you know, our staff have been absolutely amazing. A lot of it has just been trial by error and uh, internal conversation and support of one another and acknowledgement that uh, today wasn't necessarily a perfect day. Tomorrow night might not be either, but uh, we're going to just keep getting better. So yeah, that uh, if, well, back then, uh, and I'm just going to, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say it now that it's all played out, but <laughs> okay. we, we are heading into the part of the year where COVID happened, right? So we yes. left for spring break, spring breaks in like 10 days. We left for spring break. I'm thinking, ah, we're going to, looks like we're going to probably be out for a couple of weeks. And then I'm guessing we'll be back, not having any 
uh, conceptualization of what this was actually going to look like. <laughs> and so I look back now and I think when we were working on thinking through those goals, we had no idea. I mean, <laughs> just, just no idea what this was going to look like. So. Oh. Well, you and the rest of us. I was going to yeah. say, I'd be hard yeah. pressed to see anyone who saw this coming. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah. I remember setting up, we had a speaker that was coming in May and we kept going, oh, maybe it's still maybe possible. It's still maybe possible. And then we were like, okay, it's not possible. And the conversation with him was, should we just reschedule for the fall? And his email back was, I don't even think we'll be back in school in the fall. And I remember going, mm -hmm. you're nuts. You're crazy. But I guess, I guess yeah. you're right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, right. and I know you talked about districts around you and we have a Facebook page <clears throat> and a couple people, both from Iowa, well, a couple people from states where they don't have snow days. I don't know what that's like. Although I think we found <laughs> out maybe, what is it, two weeks ago that even in states that typically don't have snow days, yeah. we now might be <laughs> having snow days. Yes. Um, so just there, it was a mixture and most of the people who responded uh, traditional snow days, it was a technology issue, whether that be access, like kids don't have them in their hands mm -hmm. or access to Wi-Fi, like you mentioned too. So lots of different mm -hmm. um, kind of hybrids and choices out there, but lots to do with the access to technology. Yeah. And I think too, you know, to speak to your point too, Brad, about you've had these conversations, you have these go-getter assistant superintendents with what seemed to be lofty goals, but not so much. Those are, that was reality. We needed those goals. Um, in speaking to some friends in the Oklahoma and slash Texas area, when this happened, uh, it was interesting from the military concept they were the the schools that served uh, the military folks on the the bases. There were ready because they they do this all the time. They have kids, you know, remote learning from wherever mom and dad might yeah. be uh, positioned or stationed. So when <laughs> when when boys and girls, we need to wear our coats and our hats and our mittens. You don't say that in Southern Oklahoma or Texas very often, but. Uh, yeah. When they when it hit, they were ready because the infrastructure had already been built in. Now that's only speaking to that one one um, specific school district serving a military community, but they've already had those conversations. And like you, you've you were building this infrastructure already, yeah. so it made some very difficult decisions. I would hope they're still difficult, but at least you've been having some yeah. conversations about them. So yeah, definitely. I'm a little nervous for your assistant superintendents because if they could reach their goals in four months, what are you going to make them do next year? <laughs> yeah. And you've been my boss before, so I kind of yeah. know how you, you know. Don't, you don't know me at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. School on the moon. Hmm. Exactly. A little nervous for these two guys. What that you know, like? <laughs> we landed on Mars. Why can't we put a school there? <laughs> yeah, well, you're getting to know Brad real quick. <laughs> yeah. If they're listening right now, their hands are actually getting sweaty. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. You know both of them too. So that is awesome. <laughs> Any kind of fight? I mean, you kind of mentioned at the beginning that we all loved the snow days, and it was just a great feeling to go sled with your friends or drink your hot cocoa or whatever it was. Any just final thoughts on snow days or virtual days or hybrids of both? What you know? <laughs> we know what you probably would want personally, but obviously you run a district, so you have to have to do what's best for your community. Yeah, so I think uh, it's continuing to listen. And, and really um, what we see, and this is probably not unlike a lot of places, 
uh, the better job we do communicating up front, uh, the better the outcome. So people have been really patient with us through this whole thing, including snow days. Um, but I, I think we just have a responsibility going into snow days next year to, to probably have a little more clarity around when we might choose to do them and when we might choose not to do them and to recognize there's probably times where either of them makes sense as opposed to saying we're going to do just one or just the other. So uh, that, that's one of our topics uh, on, on tap for, uh, for next year. So, Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for, for joining us, taking the time out of your busy schedule just to give your perspective on this. I know there's lots of different perspectives and yours was great to hear. So thank you so much. Thank you, you Brad. Yeah, stay warm. Well, to start off some of our uh, celebrations, we were celebrating at the beginning, but you know what? Who doesn't love a good party stuff? So we're going to celebrate at the beginning and celebrate at the end. Uh, Folks, spring is only days away. I want to reiterate that. (laughs) Spring is only days away. And I know for some of you who are on a trimester year, your, your third trimester. And if you know anything about triangles or thirds, the third one is the last one. So it is, we are getting there folks. And regionally weather has been kind recently. And now that I said that I'll probably bring on about half a foot of snow. So let's celebrate that. Look out the window. Hopefully there's a little bit of sunshine in your corner and celebrate that. Yes, for sure. The days of sitting on a patio with your beverage of choosing Um, into the evening is approaching right around the corner windows open those (laughs) types of things in fact my my patio door is open right now and yes I live in the upper midwest so it might only be 45 degrees but my patio door is open bring out the shorts people (laughs) shorts and sweatshirt weather here I don't know what you guys are talking about yes Uh, the other celebration we just want to um you know, focus on is more and more school buildings are opening up. And I, I emphasize the word buildings because Mm -hmm. I keep seeing, oh, schools are opening. Schools have been open. School buildings have been closed. Um, Learning has not stopped. It's a bit of a pet peeve of mine. Learning has not stopped. Learning has changed. Learning Mm -hmm. has looked different. Um, the people who are doing some of the teaching sometimes have been, you know, parents are probably doing more than they had previously. Teachers are learning new skills, but schools have not been completely closed. So, but school buildings are beginning to open up. So kids are able to be back in person with one another. Teachers are able to be back in person with one another and their students, which adds just a whole dimension. Um, And as we talked about, I think in our first episode, that's really why we got into this career um, was to be with the kids and collaborate with one another. So those opportunities are, have already happened. And I know for some places they've happened all year, they've been able to be open Um, buildings open and kids in classrooms and yay for those people who figured out a way to do that that's amazing Mm -hmm. Um, and every district's different every district has different resources and sizes and so that hasn't been able to happen for everyone but I I get really frustrated with people saying schools are opening schools have been open buildings are opening now, which is awesome. Yes. I want to thank you for setting me straight. I was one of those pet peevers who said, yay, schools are opening. Okay. Schools, school buildings. So thank you, Steph. 
You're not well, you're to, not to pet peeve you. No, I well, I, I have agree. a few of those as those of you <laughs> probably know. So yeah, so it's yeah, well, nice. yes, and so that's thank you for again sharing your time with us today, speaking about snow days and some of those other hot button topics that are coming up in the world of education. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback either about these topics or um, others that you'd like <laughs> us to discuss, and we have multiple ways you can um, communicate with us. Absolutely. I think we'll probably throw something out into our Facebook uh, chalk talk group. Check that out. We'd love to hear your opinion, invite your educator teachers, answer a couple questions and join us. That's the Facebook group called chalk talk. You can also email us directly at edu chalk talk, all lowercase at Gmail. You can follow us on Twitter at chalk talk 19 and follow us on Instagram at edu chalk talk. Until then, keep leading and keep learning.